Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her and tiger. Haha. You'll see why oh. shortly. Huh. There's a tiger, but it's not the kind you're thinking. My name is Summer Yeager. I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And um, I had a question for you. Oh, you do? It came to my head as I was driving in to the studio today. Uh, I got in my car and immediately Garth Brooks started blaring. Okay. Because it's my car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, when that happened yesterday, when I got in the car with my husband, we both started singing along because we're entirely on the same page when okay. it comes to the country music that we love. And Garth Brooks is on the list. Okay. And I'm, we had a great time. And um, as I was just absolutely melting in the nostalgia of 90s country music Uh on the way in. Uh, I thought about one of the first questions that we discussed on the show, which was like, what is your favorite song? Uh Um, And we had vastly different answers. I don't even remember what mine was. Yeah. um, It was something I'd never heard before. It was like a symphony or something. Oh, okay. You know. That makes sense. Something like cultured. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, mine's Toby Keith. <laughs> anyway, which so I mean, then so then that made me laugh. Just the different uh-huh. just the different answers. Um, and then I thought, like, do you assign? Well, not assign. You know, when you think of someone that, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a. uh there's a vibe uh-huh. like oh yeah that's not my friend not in a weird way yeah. not in a like mystical way but that you know there's a feeling like this person is this uh-huh. you know um i i could probably give an example of someone we both know that we would agree on but that might embarrass them but you know right. <laughs> when we think of certain people i'm like oh that's my friend so and so she is very chill she's mm-hmm. or that's my friend so and so she's basically a puritan uh, you know, right. like there's a like an assignment you've mm-hmm. given, um, and I know what mine is for you, but I was like wondering, in your head, like what is that? Like, what is the? Like, this is my friend Joy. When both of us are asked to give an answer of what our favorite song is, she's gonna pick a symphony, and I'm gonna pick a horrible song from Toby Keith. <laughs> in the 90s if it's your favorite i i'm curious you know? as to which one i picked but <sighs> we could not go back and find out we discussed no. this last week no, no. <laughs> we're not no. gonna find out what no. what the answer was mm-hmm. no I, it would be painful to hear it i don't know if i can even handle someone out there knows yeah but um i don't remember what you said anyway okay. so the question is what's my vibe to you mm. what's my assignment what have you assigned? Like, what is 
Because I thought I was like, I immediately was like, oh, yeah, I, that's how I think of joy. Well, so here's the thing that not everyone will understand. Um, I believe that. But there is something, it's something about you. And if you know, you know. If you don't, sorry. Okay. There is such a thing <laughs> as tortoise people. <laughs> there is. Yeah, there is. Those are people that... Mm-hmm not only have tortoises mm-hmm. they love them and they are <laughs> they in terms of domesticated animals that live in your home that you're responsible for mm-hmm. that they need a tortoise to fill that <laughs> if you try to use a dog it won't work it Cat doesn't work won't work no. snake no guinea pig no bird especially not a bird I hate them so much. Definitely. Tortoise people are <laughs> the opposite of opposite bird of people. Bird people. <laughs> oh, when people are like, look at my bird, I'm like, no. <laughs> I like birds, but pass. <laughs> um, but tortoise people are not into owning a bird. They won't be mean to your bird, but they I don't, don't want anything to do with it. Living in their house. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. So this is a very specific kind of person. Um, and, you know, all kinds of personalities are tortoise people, but um, not everyone is a tortoise person. And I think a lot of people who think they're not animal people, like they don't want to own animals. Yeah. I think a lot of times it's because they haven't, they haven't tried had a tortoise. the right animal. And I think yeah. a lot of times if you hate, if you hate dogs and cats, mm. it's very possible that you will like birds or reptiles of some kind. Mm hmm. Um, and then again, then there's a reptile spectrum. <laughs> is not the same as a reptile person is not the same as a tortoise person. No Mm-mm. reptile people tend to own multiple reptiles. Mm-hmm. There's also fish people. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad different. was a fish person. See your dad kind of like my dad was a fish he crosses person. a lot of yeah. there are like kind of in general animal people. Yeah. That um, like caring for animals as a mm-hmm. hobby. Like yeah. what do you want to do in your spare time? To, I want to take care of animals. Yeah. And just like have one there. Yeah. Regardless of what it is. Yeah. My dad was a, a fish person. We always had fish. And mm-hmm. uh, well, then he accidentally killed one. Oh yeah. So well, he always got the little the tetras mm-hmm. from. That was his favorite fish because yeah. it was sparkly. You uh-huh. know my dad colors. Yeah. So my whole life we always had a tank and we always had tetras in it. Well, we went to some PetSmart or pet store or whatever to get tetras because they die. You have yeah. to replace them, and uh, one of them looked different, and one of them was not a tetra. And it grew to be about this big, several inches long. And he just kept growing and growing. And he ate all the other fish in the tank. And we loved him. Uh, We cleverly named him Pigasaurus (laughs) as we watched him eat all of the other fish in the tank. Pig for short. A a thing that is only okay when you have fish. (laughs) With any other animal, it's like, we need to go talk to some. No. You instantly... Call your, you at least Google, hey, why is my hamster eating the other hamster? <laughs> yeah. But with fish, no, it happens. No. And we loved him and he, he lived for a long time. It was yeah. like we didn't go he to the store. Absorbed the he did. Life force of the other fish. We didn't have to go buy tetras for several years. Well, my dad. Except to feed him. Except to, yeah. <laughs> 
we'd never found out what he was. This was really pre, this was really pre-internet, really. Like, I'm sure we had internet, but, you know, nobody was getting on Google yet. There was no fishfinder.com. No. Well, my dad regularly cleaned the tank because he takes care of his Mm -hmm. creatures. And um, one day after cleaning the tank, we woke up and Pig was beautiful. He was purple with like shiny scales and I mean really fat and just a really good looking beautiful fish. Mm -hmm. Still don't know what he was. Uh, Yeah, he was pale white and floating upside down. Pale white. Lost all the color in his scales or and whatever else you call it. And I mean, upside down, like he was, he died rather quickly overnight and it drained him of the life. And we were all, I mean, we woke up horrified and my dad blamed himself. He said the only explanation he could think of uh, was that when he had cleaned the tank, he had opened up a new package of um, like scrubbies, scrubbing pads Mm -hmm. And he said when he opened the package, he felt like the scrubbing pad was kind of damp, but then maybe he thought it was all in his head. And he thinks that the sponges that he had bought had chemicals in them. And so he thinks he contaminated the water with chemicals. And that's how Pig died. And uh, Do we have any information that corroborates that? Or <laughs> That was just kind of what he thought. And uh, he got rid of the fish tank and hasn't had any sense. Couldn't do it again. No. Anyway, why? How <laughs> did we get here? Okay. Well, I was saying the animals. Okay. Yeah. 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 You. So. Yeah. That's so anyway, definitely one of those. I'm sure if I thought about it, I'll try to think about it and maybe. Yeah. See if I can. Yeah, I feel like we all do that. Like, oh, that's my friend. That. that. Right. Like this. Mm-hmm. This person. Like you have a. That's that person. You know. I mean, we all have personalities, but. I think it's interesting. I'm. I was also thinking about it because, um, I think of myself as like kind of chaotic and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I recently found out that like literally no one in my life thinks of I me know, that me way. Too. No one thinks I of me think that, that way. Too. Maybe that's why we get along very well. <laughs> yeah. Um. I think I'm insane and I can't oh, yeah. and I'm crazy and chaotic. Yeah. And I was telling my husband this. And he was like laughing and he's like, watch this. And he like asked all the kids, like, is mom chaotic or is she extremely predictable, dependable, blah, blah, blah. And they all like laughed and they were like, she's predictable and dependable and you know exactly what she's going to do. <laughs> and she does it at the same time every day. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought I was. In my mind, it doesn't feel that way. <laughs> It doesn't feel that. It does not feel that way. So then I thought, like, man, my husband was like, "Yeah, that's horrible self perception on your part," and he was right. But that also just made me think, like, I know you. I know you feel that way about yourself Uh and your own life. And like when I think of you, I'm like, this. This is my phrase. I have a phrase for you. Okay. Okay. In spite of it all, (laughs) comma. Steady. <laughs> That's my like assignment for joy. Well, my whole yeah, I totally resonate with that. But my whole life, people are always like, "You're so chill." And yeah. I'm like, I know you don't feel like checking. My I know. Feet. <laughs> I don't remember being chill. I don't remember the last time I felt chill. I'm obviously channeling a lot of energy into that unbeknownst to me 
Yeah. I think I do. Um, <laughs> while the the self perception may be off, <laughs> I do think that's a good. It's a good sign. Um. It is better. How do I want to put this? Um. <laughs> uh, it's a I think it's a good sign of some like emotional maturity and growth that when people don't like so if you feel a certain way maybe like a little chaotic or mm-hmm. like anxious or neurotic like in your mind but you don't come off that way to people <laughs> so how you're perceived now, I don't mean like people who see you every once in a while and you're doing a really good job of pretending to be a normal <laughs> yeah. sane person yeah I mean people who see you all the time like your husband your kids yeah people you've been in ministry with or whatever yeah I think it means that you're probably good at or you're at least experiencing some growth in sure um like managing your yeah. emotions and not just like vomiting them out onto everyone not a good sign for my self perception. Right. That's <laughs> off. Cuz in my head I am very chaotic and unpredictable and it turns out I'm rather boring. Yeah. <laughs> Which okay, fine. But yeah, there was a whole era of us, you know, you were talking about like the pre-internet. You couldn't just like uh-huh. Google things. Well, probably one of the worst things the internet mm-hmm. did for me was give me the opportunity to try to figure out what my problems were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I moved on from that phase. Relatable. <laughs> it's relatable. All right. Well, you can leave us a voicemail. Chaotic one, a predictable one, whatever. 470 470-465- 0475 feel free to share your horrible fishing stories or times that bad things happen to your fish or your tortoise don't tell me about your bird i don't or times care when you were imploding but <laughs> no one knew appeared to be totally fine. <laughs> no one knew <laughs> um i'm gonna tell you all again if you want to support us or join book club or listen to early release episodes you can do that at patreon.com slash sheologians. Once you sign up there, all that material is available to you. If you don't like Patreon for whatever reason, that's fine. And you want to support us, <laughs> you can do that at sheologians.com. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you my story. Yes, I'm very excited. I've been, uh, well, I told you a couple weeks ago, but I've really been thinking a lot about having physical copies of things. Okay. Like just uh, not because I like young, like I'm not like yearning for another time when, you know, everything was more romantic and we didn't have the internet or whatever. Yeah. But I just, it was because I was thinking about how if I lost access to my phone, I would lose like my entire, my children's childhood right. would no longer be documented. Not that it has to be, but it's nice. Um, And so I did, I started making, um, I started ordering these little books. Oh, cool! Of pictures, um, they're cheap, but I have I have physical copies. Yeah. Um, well, this is really it's preferable to having to mm-hmm. develop every single photo you took. Yeah. Versus Mm-mm. no, because that was why we stopped getting pictures, right? Yeah. Because we had every picture that was ever taken. Yeah. The ones up no. your nostril, the one yeah. you eating. Yeah. No, this is like, it's like, you know, you pick 30 pictures, you turn it into a little booklet. Mm-hmm. It's 10 bucks. 
Here it is. Perfect. Now I have physical copies. I also, we were, my husband and I were at Bookman's last night, which is just like a used bookstore and i found a copy of spurgeon's morning and evening Mm -hmm. now do i have the app yeah is it available online yeah but i wanted to have the physical copy like there are books that i have listened to on audible yeah and i'm like i want to have the book not the same no i want it to be sitting on my bookshelf because i read it it won't count yeah it doesn't count if it's just sitting in my audible library yes (laughs) so anyway so i have just been putting a lot more stock i even moved some like our homeschooling material instead of doing some of it online we're doing it with textbooks i'm just thinking differently i don't know what it is i don't know if it's because i'm getting old or because i think that western civilization is crumbling and so we need to have paper i don't know what it is but um all that to say when i it was time to do i want to think of a mystery to tell Mm -hmm. I was like, I've read a lot of mystery books. I have to have something in a book that I've enjoyed. What have I enjoyed recently or in the past in a book? And so anyway, my dad also does this little segment on uh, the dividing line where he reads from a book and he Mm -hmm. calls it story time with Uncle Jimmy. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was funny. And I was like, I'm going to channel that a little bit. Only because your mom calls your dad Jim. Yeah. Does that even compute I know. as an actual name for him? I know. It's kind of weird. It's like, kind of weird. I have a brother named James. Right. But he goes by Jimmy. Or Jim. Oh, he goes by Jimmy. Okay. To me. Yeah. I think he. That's pretty much it, though, right? To be yeah. James in a professional setting. Yeah. But if someone said James in regards to him, I'd be You'd like, be like, who? I'd be like, Summer's dad? I know. <laughs> like, who? What? Excuse me? But anyway, so. when your mom calls him Jim. I have this book that is just full of unsolved mysteries. Oh. And there's this story in it that I think about all the time. I'll tell you guys at the end why. Because as I tell it, you're going to be like, why do you think about this all the time? Summer. She's right. She really is neurotic and chaotic. Summer, please don't think about this all the time is the voicemail you're going to leave me. Oh, um, don't bother with that voicemail. Don't. It's too late. Yeah, it is. It's too late. Um, Those have been the thoughts, our thoughts since, I don't know. When did you start? 1997. <laughs> That's when everything, if you guys listen, everything happened for me in 1997. <laughs> So, and then it got extra weird in 2005. <laughs> and then in 2016, I started doing this. So things have only gotten weirder, honestly, for me. Um, anyway, the book uh, is just called Unsolved True Crime Cases Uncovered. Um, and the authors are Amber Hunt and Emily G. Thompson. Um, but I also go have extra information that I got from the internet. Anyway. It kind of looks a little bit like a coffee table book. It does. It does. The format is cool. The format is cool. The pictures are color um, and there's maps Ooh, and, you know, that's cool. it's kind of really cool. There's actually a couple of stories in here that I thought were good, but this is the one I think about that has some actual application. So, okay. <laughs> okay. Also, it's very, uh, this is very me. All right. But we're going back to the thirties, which also is fun. Which is when glitter was made. I also, when you said in the 30s, I was like, you said 34. This happened uh, in 
April of 35. Okay. Um, and so, so we're around the same time we're discovering glitter. <laughs> yes. Around that same time. And this is one of those stories where the truth is like stranger than fiction. Like if this story was a movie, you would be like, this is unbelievable. It's that, um, what is that called? That like principle. Suspension. Occam's razor, Occam's razor. Where it's is that like it? the most logical, like, yeah. if you hear hooves, you don't think zebras, you think horses. But right. In this case, it actually is zebras. Yeah. In this case, it's <laughs> like, it might have been a shark. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So it's 1935 and these guys were fishing. <sighs> Stories are feeling related. Um, Off of the coast of Sydney, Australia, uh, specifically a place called... I'm so scared to say this because okay. I'm not Australian and I feel like I'm wrong. Well, you know, we've had to apologize before. <laughs> we do have to apologize to Australia quite often. So um, it's either Coogee or Coogee. And I don't know which it is. So we're going to go with Coogee because I feel less weird saying that. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So this... Uh, this father and son were fishing off of the coast of Coogee, which is basically just around Sydney, Australia. Um, they weren't getting anything. So they decided to kind of set out some lines and leave them overnight and see what they would get. Um, and then they were going to come back the next day. So that's what they did. They came back and they checked their lines. And lo and behold, they had a giant tiger shark in their net which was not common right <laughs> at this time i'm assuming that's not what they were wanting to catch no um and the tiger shark was 14 feet and six inches long uh the reason that he went in there was that a smaller shark had gotten tangled in it and they managed to bring the shark with them they took it they were like oh we caught it we're taking it <laughs> only men by the way <laughs> first time i read this story i was like my instinct would be like cut the line let it go like how would we even get that in like you and i okay. on a boat how do you get a shark in your boat I don't know, but here's what these Look, men did. The audacity. <laughs> the boat is covered in, not at this time, not yet. Oh, yeah, right. Shoot. It's the, a very boring boat. Yes. The only thing very boring that's not boring about it is, is the shark. The huge shark inside of it. So somehow they capture the shark. I was unable to discover exactly how they went about this, but. It sounds like the way two dudes yes. would describe catching a shark yeah we just put we it just in the put boat. it in, we just took it we just took it with they us. didn't just take it though <laughs> here's what the, the audacity okay <laughs> they didn't just decide that they needed this large sea creature they decided to sell it <laughs> they were gonna make money off of it um because the father's brother ran the kuji aquarium so he oh, sold it convenient. I know. So he sold it to his brother. Now, obviously, this is 1935. Uh, the stock market, the depression, it had affected the whole world, including Australia. So the guy that owned the aquarium was super excited because he thought people will, more people will come because I have a tiger shark. You know, right. the bigger, the people better. like sharks. Yes. All right. 
which I looked it up and 14 feet is like a big one. That's a big, that's a large, that's about 14 feet is pretty much the end of the window they give you. Yes. So it was not just any tiger shark. Tiger sharks are also particularly aggressive. Well, they're, yes. Too. They're very aggressive. They're known for that. Um, and they're pretty. Like they look different than mm-hmm. other sharks. They're just, they're good looking sharks. All right. So that was on April 18th. On April 25th. So this is eight days later. Um, the people come into the aquarium, um, in the morning, people, workers, employees, and they start seeing stuff in the water that is concerning. (laughs) And, uh, the, the shark began to thrash about and appear as though it was going to exit its pool. (laughs) Like it was really having... A very tough time. It was thrashing. There was like the water was turning brown, but no, nothing else is in the tank with it. So like nobody could figure out what was happening. Um, a a horrible smell began to <laughs> fill the area. Um, there was what was described as copious brown froth. Um, and moments later, the shark. Yeah, brown's, <laughs> brown is not a great color. No, no, and... it's not really yeah um okay so a good sign basically what happened was the shark began to vomit and it vomited a bird a rat a load of muck and a human arm Uh oh okay yeah so um the employees obviously immediately swung into action yeah. to remove the human arm, which was pretty much perfectly preserved somehow <laughs> um, from the tank. So basically some of the, some of the, the belief here is that tiger sharks have a particularly slow digestive mm-hmm. system. Um, and also because it was, you know, it was captured and then it was put into a new environment. Like things Everything were just kind of like probably froze for a sec. Yeah. Cause you know how it is like... when you guys travel. Right. I don't need to say anymore. Do I? True. Um, so they took the arm out and they inspect the arm and lo and behold, there's a piece of rope tied around the wrist and on the inside of the forearm was a tattoo of two sparring boxers. Okay. So, obviously. That's at least something to go. go to go off of, yeah. yes. So, they couldn't finger, they couldn't do a fingerprinting because it the fingerprints had Word. decomposed yeah. at this point. Um, but what they did do was put it out there. They put it out there in the news. They were like, hey, this captive shark threw up an arm. Like, anybody missing an arm? Like, what's going on around here, Coogee? Um, those wild times. We feel like if you had lost an arm, you would have come to us, but that's not always the case. So (laughs) anybody missing an arm? Okay. So four days later on April 29th, this guy named Edwin Smith contacts the police because the tattoo, the image, the tattoo they'd put out, Mm. uh, matched the tattoo that his brother James had. And his brother James had been missing since early April. Um, And his brother James had told his wife, I'm going fishing with my friend. 
So then they were like, oh, this has got to be him. Like, yeah. he went fishing, went fishing with his friend, hasn't been seen since. How um, is the shark? Is the shark okay? The shark was fine. Oh, he just needed to... You know how great you feel better. after you throw up? <laughs> like, apparently. Ooh, I feel a lot better now. <laughs> I mean, if you ate a bird, what else? A rat and an arm. I mean, you I probably wouldn't feel how great. even get a rat? Ships, man. They're nasty. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So James, the uh, the owner of the arm, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the missing owner of the arm, uh, was uh, 45 years old. He was English. He was a criminal. He was a police informant. He was also an ex-boxer. And he lived. Okay. Hence the boxing tattoo. Yes. And he lived in Sydney. So they were able to confirm with... The very degraded, they were able to match the degraded fingerprints they could get with the fingerprints they for sure had okay. from him when and he it was, was enough of a match. It was okay. enough of a match. And then the tattoo right. being a match yeah. was enough for them to say, all right, this guy's name is James Smith. Um, he had been missing for three weeks at that point. Uh, so initially they just assumed, okay, he told his wife he's going fishing, like it was a shark attack. That's what happened. Um, although, like, weird, because he went fishing with a friend, supposedly. So, like, if something happened while they were fishing, why wouldn't... Yeah, you feel like this wouldn't be the first time you'd be hearing, hey, so, like, I went fishing with my friend, and he just fell in the water. Yeah. And then... Things were not... By a shark. Yes, things weren't adding up. Um, and then, as they continued to investigate, they discovered that... It was just very clear that the arm had not been bitten off. Um, oh. It had been removed. Uh-huh. Not by a shark. Not by a <laughs> shark. Rather by a knife. And so at this point, you know, they're like, well, it's murder. Yeah. Uh, so in an article, I loved this, in a Wagga Wagga Express article. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what? Don't you read the Wagga Wagga Express when you're in Coogee, Australia. <laughs> that sounds like some sort of like fast food restaurant. Horrible. Horrible. Wagga Wagga Express. Wagga, Wagga Express. June 15th. Oh, who do you write for? Oh, the Wagga Wagga. Wagga. <laughs> what? No. Are you on drugs? Um. <laughs> all right. So June 15th, 1935, detectives freely admitted that they were facing a problem devised by one of the cleverest killers in the history of Sydney's crime. Now, I can't understand why this is the cleverest. I mean, I feel like throwing a body into the ocean is not a new idea. But anyway, <laughs> didn't they do that to Jonah when they were mad at him? Unless this is were, not new. Unless they... Uh... Unless the shark was like in on it somehow. Right. Like, so like this is the first time we've ever seen a shark actually be <laughs> guilty. Right. Of the shark was mad at this guy. <laughs> you know, when they're that the big. Wife of the shark were having They were in there. it. Yeah, they were in it together. <laughs> All right. Well, so one of the reasons that they thought this was not James Smith, like I said, he was a criminal and he was also a police informant. So he was like an extra special kind of criminal that yeah. nobody likes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they started looking into, you know, what he was doing, what he was doing with the police. And they came across the name Reginald Holmes. Uh, Holmes appeared to be a wealthy businessman that many people knew. He was a family man. He had a boat building business. He definitely bought glitter. At some point. Um, 
And his his wealthy, like, really expensive boat building business was in a place called Lavender Bay. And, like, you know, he just... Yeah. Everything just seemed great. Nice. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that he was involved in smuggling drugs, uh, insurance fraud, <laughs> and all kinds of other things through his business the more they looked into him. Um, and it turns out that he had hired our missing arm guy, James Smith, to collect cocaine, opium, um, and other illegal substances being dropped overboard by ships coming in. So that's what James Smith usually did on the water, not a lot of fishing. Um, And he and Smith had been using an over-insured yacht that he owned when it mysteriously caught fire and sank. Obviously, they wanted to cash in on the money, but the company became, the insurance company became like suspicious of everything and didn't pay out. So the initial thought was that Smith had been shot dead and then dumped in the ocean because of this deal gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And they hoped that they could like find evidence of this because they just assumed that for some reason. Yeah. Okay. So Holmes obviously was like, I'm not involved in this. This is not like the, you guys are crazy. I am a, wealthy businessman who's above all of these things look i did all of that other stuff <laughs> but this but i did not cut a anyone's step arm too off. far I did not throw anyone in the ocean not at all never i even not lit me. my yacht on fire <laughs> but i wouldn't do that <laughs> so not long after the police had questioned him there were reports of a quote raving man careening around the harbor in a speedboat with blood all over his face the police had to. <laughs> I know it sounds fake. It really happened. Are they just now getting reports of this? They're just now getting reports of this. Australians, <laughs> you need to report these things. What is right in the away. water down there? Um, this is something. If you see someone careening, at, whether there's blood on them or not, make careening, a call. If the word careening comes into your mind, make a call. <laughs> So the police get in their boats and they chase the raving, bleeding man all over the harbor. They finally catch him and it's Reginald Holmes. It's the wealthy businessman. Um, And he had claimed that somebody had shot at him. When I read about this, this line just really killed me. The bullet left him with a non-fatal wound to his forehead. (laughs) Oh, man. Imagine that. Okay. Um, that is one of those weird things that, yeah. Well, it turns out Hard to imagine. <laughs> it turns out he had done it to himself. Okay. So okay. this guy was crazy. Yeah. And his story was starting to fall apart. So he he was known in the community one way, but it was clear. Listen, I will shoot myself <laughs> in the head, but I would never, I would never. <laughs> that was kind of his story. Um. So they kept interrogating him to kind of try to understand, like, is he trying to cast himself as a victim? Like, he's being chased. Was this a suicide attempt because he thinks he's going to get caught? Like, what is happening? What was your plan here? What? Yeah. What? (laughs) As you shot yourself and careened around the harbor, like, what was your plan? (laughs) Right. Um, So as they interrogate him further, they come to they come to a guy named Patrick Brady. Uh, He was a convicted forger. So he was a felon and he was a liar. And they found out that Smith, our dead guy, was last seen drinking and playing cards with Brady. 
And they had also found out that Brady had uh, basically just like lived in the same area as these other guys. Okay. So they were close. They were close. Um, and then for, so they went and they searched his searched Brady's place to see if they could find anything. And for, for whatever reason, they found a can of kerosene mixed with blood. Um, and that since Brady had rented this cottage, it wasn't his home. Um, the owner had come back and found two rugs, two mats, two mattresses, a metal trunk and a rope all appearing to be missing. <laughs> like every item you would anyway. Um, everything porous, <laughs> you know, like anything blood could have soaked into. Yes. It was just gone. Yes. And even more strangely, the missing, the missing metal, the trunk, um, had been placed inside of a larger one. So like it had been hidden, but like after it had been like cleaned really well. Okay. So the trunk was, you know, it was weird. Okay. So they questioned uh, Brady a few days later and they and they do end up charging him with the murder. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> Reginald Holmes was supposed to p- appear and basically, so they call it an inquiry, which is a little bit different than what we call it here. But he was essentially going to have to testify and tell what he knew about Patrick Brady before okay. this, I think, went to like, to be before it went to like trial. Submitted as evidence yes. Or something. Yes. Okay. Um, and so that morning he was supposed to be uh, going to give his testimony about Patrick Brady and how Brady uh, was the last known person that was with James Smith, um, which was when he was found dead in his car. Reginald Holmes was shot three times by himself. <laughs> <laughs> we someone else. Um, well, the so shark. so he found him. So the police found him in his car, three bullets to the chest, and there's different. There's different theories. So the book, the book I have here presents one theory. Um, an article I read online presents the theory that he had hired hitmen to do the job after taking a life insurance and life insurance and policy out on himself um, because the policy would have been voided if he died by suicide. Right. So basically, he wanted his family to have something okay. because so he like saw the end coming. Didn't yes. have many options yes. and kind of thought that would be the best way to leave his family with something other than yes. disgrace. Now, the theory that the authors of the book put forward um, was essentially because there were no signs of a struggle and because the passenger uh, the passenger door had been left open, meaning like somebody else that he would have allowed in the car was mm-hmm. there, they think that he was murdered by somebody he knew well enough to allow into his car um, and possibly didn't want him testifying about Patrick Brady. So that was one theory. Um, So funny enough, because over and over in this story, it turns out that your sins find you out. um, His wife, Mrs. Holmes uh, came forward and she became kind of the key witness in the case because Patrick Brady had visited uh, the, the Holmes home um, around, on April 8th. Now, remember, James Smith went missing on April 7th. Okay. And Patrick Brady was the last person to see him. And when he showed up at the Holmes's house, his arms were all cut and bloody, and he carried what they call a knapsack 
that belonged to James Smith. Um, a taxi driver also corroborated the story, um, saying that uh, that had happened, that he had that seen he, that. like, dropped him off. Yeah. At there. Hmm. Yes. And that, and then she she testified that her husband said Brady murdered Smith, dismembered him, put him in a trunk, put it in a boat, and tipped it overboard. <laughs> she said that's what her husband told her. Um, so a majority of people believed that Brady, essentially what happened was that Brady did kill him, but forgot that he had that very distinct tattoo. And so he basically realized it and later disposed of it in a different way because he really didn't want any identifying marks found on the body, which is why the arm was separated from the rest of the body, which had been tipped, uh, apparently overboard from a boat. Um, Others thought that Brady had maybe kept Smith's arm as evidence um, and maybe just like to prove to Holmes or to somebody who wanted him dead that he had killed him um, before he ultimately disposed of it. So there's, I mean, because you have to explain. Before you could just take a picture on your cell phone and be like, see, See, I did it. (laughs) Right. Um, but here's what happened. This Which is, I'm sure has happened. I'm sure positive that it's happened, man. unfortunately. Um, so the Supreme Court, however, ruled that because an arm does not constitute a body, which is required for a murder conviction, there was no way of knowing if James Smith was deceased or not. The judge also refused to hear Mrs. Holmes' testimony and said it's only hearsay. Yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. Anyway, um, (laughs) so I think if you, I mean, yeah, someone could live without their arm. Someone could live without their arm for a period of time without going to a hospital. Um, and since I'm assuming their justice system has access to mm -hmm. hospital records of some kind so the generally accepted theory is that basically when that remember the insurance company they refused to pay out uh the yacht fire fire, that smith and holmes basically had a falling out and that smith was threatening to expose holmes and smith's wife did testify that she (laughs) This is something that would never happen today. She found an entry in her husband's black pocketbook that Reginald Holmes old, owed him 60 pounds, which, by the way, would be 5,800 U.S. dollars today. Hmm. Um, and yeah. And so this could be how much Holmes o- owed Smith for setting the boat on fire okay. or I'm sorry, the yacht on fire. Um and so she thinks that Brady shot Smith dead and that uh, Brady was afraid that Holmes would tell on him, which is how Holmes ended up dead. Um, so uh, there is a book, by the way, called The Shark Arm Murders by Alex Castle, <laughs> published in 95. And he speculated that Holmes could have taken out a contract on his own life, which I already mentioned, and that that's, that's his, what he believed. Um, because he didn't I want mean, his family to lose everything. Yeah, it kind of seemed like a little bit of a pattern. Yeah. When Holmes had 
mm-hmm. a problem. He was kind of like, I'll just hire someone to light something on Cause fire. Because he had money. I'll just hire someone to shoot somebody. I'll just I'll be just... a raving lunatic and shoot myself <laughs> and careen around the bay. Like, what? Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, basically, you know, whoever threw James Smith, you know, to the sharks um, and killed Reginald Holmes has never been caught. And uh, Brady, Patrick Brady, he died in 1965 at the age of 71. Was he in jail? Did they like ultimately? No. Okay. So he was not in jail. He didn't. There's other theories that they were involved with like drug kingpins in Australia and it gets even wilder. And there is some evidence to that because in 1954, someone attempted to kill James Smith's son with a car bomb. Like these families were, they were in it, you know, like yeah. they were, they were in it. So do you think his wife knew James Smith's wife knew? So when he was like, I'm going to go fishing. Did she know that meant he was going to go get drugs out of the bay? I absolutely think that <laughs> like okay. your wife knows. Okay. Your wife, your wife knows. Um, But the reason I think about so the reason I think about this story, it's unsolved and it, it will never be. Everybody involved is dead now. The only now. reason we got this far is because a shark literally vomited an arm. Exactly. So that was what I was thinking was just like, what are the odds? There's, there's, I don't, I don't even what are think the odds? the odds exist. The odds don't that exist. A, that the shark that <laughs> ate him would be caught. B, that it would that the one piece of the body or the one piece the shark ate contained an actual the one identifying marker marker. yes no it's just what are the odds and i think what's so what's crazy it up in an aquarium where where people were watching like retrieve it instead of just in the ocean yes like yes like so the odds of this arm being found and the way that it was found are so spectacular but then the fact that the guy still got away with it we still don't know who who did it um it just so it's like can you imagine the panic you would feel if like you were that murderer and you're like evidence was just found yes um and then you get away with it but ultimately you don't get away with it right like ultimately you don't and i almost felt like he was i mean he's kind of being toyed with well, a little especially bit especially if you had to kill another person obviously we don't know if the same person right. killed both people right but especially if you had to go kill another person in order to yes silence to silence that yeah but ultimately you know with all unsolved murders you know they're all dead now, so they're facing judgment. Right. And I just, I think about it sometimes because I'm just like, man, you know, there is no sin. Like, you can throw it into the ocean and hope to, like, yes. hide it. A deep, unexplored <sighs> place. However, like, your sin can still find you out. Seriously. Like, a shark can eat your arm that you threw into the ocean. Like, this is, it's crazy. And just the fact that people watched it happen, watched is the shark. that think, j- thinks James Smith faked his own death right did he like get in too deep and i mean it's it's a theory but you could cut off less yeah you definitely could Uh, rather than Um, your whole arm and he didn't seem to have he had a great marriage he had a son like it it was surprising you know what i mean it was like it it just didn't that didn't fit with the profile um especially because he he turned into a police informant 
right, which could right, be right. what got him. Yes, I mean that's another. That's something else too. Could be what entirely. got him. Anyway, that that's that's my story. Yes, yes, I do think about that. I do think about this tiger throwing up this arm. Yeah. And I, I wish, like, what I think about it is, like, I wish I could see whoever was guilty, their face. Right. When that happened. Yeah. Because that would be, I don't know, that would be hilarious to me. I feel like that would be some kind of wake-up call. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would have it would have to be. But anyway. You'd have to be like, yeah, I can't get away with anything anymore. No. I'm done. Well, but I don't know. Maybe I mean, criminals don't did. think that way. I Yeah. Yeah. But still, it would have to be even for the most criminally inclined. Yes. That would have to be yeah, kind of a scary moment. It's kind of a sad story because, yeah. like I said, they're all dead now. So they're paying for their crimes. But right. but uh, that shark, man, survived. I definitely feel like that shark all the time. I'm like, yes, just get through this little bit. Get through this horrible thing. And then everything will be fine. <laughs> Isn't that like a metaphor for life? Just a little throw up and then you're great. <laughs> I was going to say the principle is don't be that person that throws up everyone else's uh, secret yeah d- well Unless don't do that yeah <laughs> then do throw up you should secrets. you should throw that one up but <laughs> anyway that's it that's my story all right that's great you can leave us a now voicemail think about it yeah <laughs> weekly when you think about burying your sin i want you to think of this shark <laughs> think about a shark throwing up your secret <laughs> because of a bunch of biologists because it's happened <laughs> Leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And we'll see y'all next week. See ya. Stars shining bright above you. Night breezes seem to whisper, I love you. Birds singing in the sycamore tree Dream a little dream of